You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Today on the Give Your Life Away podcast, we're calling this episode Evangelism is a Marathon. Evangelism is a Marathon. You probably know the difference between a marathon and a three-mile race. Even if you don't know the exact distance of a marathon, 26.2 miles, you do know that it's longer than just a three-mile jog or a three-mile race. Evangelism today is really should be thought of as a marathon. People are not normally converted today. They can be, but not normally converted today in quick gospel presentations as you walk past them on the street or meet with them one time for coffee or when they hear a preacher one time and they've never been to a church before. So the way that God seems to be saving people nowadays is with with kind of longer-term evangelistic encounters. Uh, They may hear something uh, one day and then be reminded of it uh, months later, then maybe come into church for a season, maybe meet a Christian friend at, at work, uh, and then eight years later, something happens in life, there's a crisis, they're actually looking for answers, they're looking for um, what's out there that's bigger than just me and what I know, and, and maybe that leads them to repent and turn to Christ. So today it seems that people come to faith in really a little bit of a slower process than maybe they once did before. Now, that doesn't mean that it will always be slow until the Lord comes back again. Maybe there are, there are seasons, again, where the Lord seems to save people um, a little bit more quickly. But I want to give you some thoughts as to why evangelism often takes longer than we would want, or maybe even takes longer than maybe how it did sometimes in the past. Here's some reasons. Um, there are cultural factors today, and I'm speaking as an American here in America, but really in, in any uh, modern, uh, normally Western, or uh, at least first world country, uh, there are some reasons why sometimes uh, people coming to faith takes longer than it used to. Uh, there are cultural factors. Today, people don't know the gospel like they maybe did in the 50s. Now, when I say people, I'm talking about just the average unbeliever. The average unbeliever back 50, 60, 70 years ago normally knew the gospel at least. Today, people have no clue what the gospel is. Back then, there was, in America, kind of a cultural Christianity. Now, that was good and bad. The bad is that people just, if they were kind of moral, good neighbors, uh, they voted, they had people over for barbecues uh, on 4th of July, they didn't steal, they kind of all thought of themselves as Christians. Well, that doesn't make anyone a Christian. Repenting of sin, being convicted by sin first, then repenting of sin, turning to Christ, being a follower of his from the heart, that that's Christianity. So you had this kind of cultural Christianity in America where a lot of people thought they were saved, and, and many people probably were, but many probably weren't. But what you did have is a lot more people going to church. Uh, the percentages of people going to church are much higher than they are today. So at least they, while they might not have been a Christian, they knew what the gospel was. They knew the saving message of Christ. They kind of knew their Bible. They they knew what Christians do and didn't do. They understood repentance, at least from afar. So there was this cultural understanding of what Christianity actually was. Today, 
that's less likely to be true. Fewer people really understand Christianity. Fewer people really understand what the Bible is. Very few people, in the scheme of things, don't even know what the gospel is. They actually think that a Christian is someone who's a good person. Well, that's not true. A Christian's a person who's a bad, a bad person who's been made good and considered good by the death of Jesus Christ. So there are cultural factors. Um, there's no longer a cultural Christianity. Christianity isn't out there, and the gospel isn't as prominent as it once was. So that's one reason that evangelism takes longer today. There aren't as many basic assumptions. There are some assumptions that, that used to be kind of taken for granted. Uh, heaven and hell. Some people have no clue what heaven and hell are. Uh, th- those were more known by the popular culture back in the day. They might have rejected uh, the gospel, but they kind of took for granted that there was a heaven and a hell. Uh, even sin. Sin was, if he, even if people were engaging in it back then, they knew it to be sin. They just didn't want to stop. So uh, the, the, the person who's in an immoral relationship or the person who's... Um, in the process of tax evasion uh, for a number of years. They knew that it was wrong, but now more and more, as people love themselves more and more, and as the culture is increasingly wicked, what we call good is actually sin. So so tax evasion, well, the government doesn't use it well anyway, or I'm just trying to you know provide for my family. We justify sin more and more today, and, and it might sound bonkers to us, but a lot of times the culture embraces that. Yeah, that's right. You're just trying to care for your family. Or, or again, immorality. Uh, back then, the person might know they were in immorality. They just didn't want to stop. Well, today, they justify their immorality. So, I really love him or her. Or, Jesus was a God of grace, so uh, I, I can keep doing this. Or, I wasn't happy, and happiness is like the utmost Thing to pursue in this world, so I'm going to do what makes me happy. To which everyone says, "Well, we can't really argue with that. He's just doing what made himself, what made him happy." So e- even the the assumptions of what's right and wrong are 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 more muddy today than they once were. Uh, and again, I mentioned this earlier. Back in the day, there was a general biblical literacy. Not everyone knew their Bible or really knew the basic story of the Bible or even stories from the Bible. Uh, but many people did. Today, very few people know what the Bible is. Very few people know who King David really is. Very few people know about Abraham. Very few people know about the creation account of Genesis 1. So so there's a biblical illiteracy. So where is this all pointing to? What, what's my point here? Evangelism takes longer. You have to understand what sin is and what it isn't what the Bible defines sin to be. You have to understand what the gospel of grace is. You've got to understand those things, and those things aren't understood in in one meeting at Starbucks. Those things aren't understood by hearing one sermon. Now, they can be. The Lord could open someone's eyes, and they've never heard anything about this Christianity stuff before. They've never heard anything about the Bible before, and they could go hear one sermon for 45 minutes, and the Lord could open their eyes then. That's certainly true. And does happen, but but the but the normal pattern is that it takes longer because people don't know as much. The the the, the basic assumptions that lead you to the gospel aren't there; they're not known. So I have four responses to this for us. First, be patient. Be patient. 
we have so many good things that are given to us instantly. I was recently on a couple of trips in um, major cities uh, this summer, and there, um, if you don't have a car there, you can just pull out your phone and have a car to you in 30 seconds. They'll bring you somewhere. Uh, and if you don't want to ride a car, there are actually scooters laying around these cities that you can just scan your use your smartphone to scan the little barcode on the on the scooter and you've got transportation so we get things fast whereas when i was growing up if i wanted to go to you know somewhere a few miles away i either had to walk or had to jump on my buddy's handlebars and we'd have to ride two two teenagers on a bike a few miles away it took time we get things quickly uh, we watch videos quickly. We no longer have to go to Blockbuster. We just press a couple buttons on our smart TV, and bam, we've got the video there. So we're used to quick, and quick is delightful. Quick is often helpful, but quick isn't necessary, not in the plan of God. God doesn't have to speed things up just because the rest of our life has sped things up. God will save people in his way. And especially when God is a God of truth and people need to understand certain things to be Christians, if they don't know those things, God's not going to say, well, okay, let, let's speed this up and just kind of, you know, make this happen instantly. No, they've got to know the truth. So you've got to tell them. And the God of this world, Satan, the little G God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, has blinded the minds of those who are perishing. So it takes time. But everything is on God's timetable. So I'd say be patient. Don't let your expectations of when someone should be saved um, become shattered to the point where it causes you to be less passionate. So you might think, well, I've read the Gospel of Mark with them for the last two months. Shouldn't they be saved by now? And then you keep meeting with them and you're just discouraged. And when you're discouraged, you're not praying as much. When you're discouraged, you're not working to try to set up that next meeting with them as much because you think, well, it's just going to be the same. They're going to keep rejecting. They're still not going to believe. So, yeah, I've got something coming up. I don't really need to struggle to set up that meeting with them. Your, your passion starts to uh, be quenched. So I would say be careful of, of your impatience in evangelism leading you to less motivation. Just, just take the fact that the Lord will do this in his timing, and you're going to keep going after it. You're going to keep praying. You're going to keep meeting with them. You're going to keep bringing them the word. And if you've read Mark with them, then go read John with them. Go read the Old Testament with them. Go read Colossians with them. Go, go do something else. Pray harder. Have them read a book with you. Keep going. Don't let impatience diminish your passion. So be patient. Secondly, Start with basics. Start with the basics. Uh, read the Bible with them. Maybe pick Greg, Greg Gilbert's book on what is the Bible or how can we trust the Bible. The, the, the title's escaping me right now. It's Greg Gilbert Bible. It's a little book on what is the Bible. Um, maybe study that. What's the Bible? Uh, maybe they need to understand who Jesus is. Uh, help them from the Bible understand who Jesus actually is because they probably have some false views about him. What does the Bible say about man? It doesn't say that we start off good. It says that we actually start off sinful. So maybe do a slow study with them through Ephesians 2. But you have to start with basics with them. There's a great resource by Mark, Mike Fabares. Mike Fabares called Partners. It's just it's a workbook 
to take someone through. It's meant to be a one-on-one thing, and it and it basically goes through these lessons. What is the Bible? Uh, what is it saying? What's it all about? How's it broken up? What is the gospel? Who is Jesus? It gives you the basics, and it's a great tool to take people through. I know friends that have done that with a number of people, and it's just helpful for someone, especially in an unchurched culture or from an unchurched background, to understand really this whole Christian faith thing, this whole Christian religion, if you want to call it that, thing. They can get a better grip on what it is. So be patient. Start with the basics. Third, pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. As we're told to be patient in evangelism, we, again, as I said before, have so many other things that come so quickly to us. We can get, if we're hungry and we don't have anything in the refrigerator, we can have food in 10 minutes delivered to us or just down the street made quickly for us. We have so many things that happen so fast. So while I said earlier, be patient and don't let your impatience diminish your passion, I'd also say don't let impatience diminish your prayer life. Stay prayerful. Stay prayerful. Fourth and finally, because evangelism is often a marathon, often comes slow, articulate the gospel throughout your times with the people you're evangelizing. So here's what I mean. You uh, maybe share the gospel with someone uh, that you've come come across. Maybe it's your neighbor outside one day, and you, and you finally have that gospel uh, um, opportunity, and you articulate the gospel. And instead of saying, I get it, I'm a sinner, I acknowledge my need for Christ, he's the only Savior, I trust him, I'm giving him my life, I'm following him. Instead of that, they say, well, wasn't Jesus just a good man? Or who's Jesus? Or what's the Bible? Or what's in the Bible? Or they have all these questions. They didn't grow up with any of this. They know nothing. So you determine, okay, what Andrew say in that one podcast? Go slow. Okay, how about we, why don't you come over, you know, every couple of weeks and, and we'll look at what the Bible says that God is all about. Who is God? What does he want? So, so you've started slow. You're praying. You're taking them through a basic study to teach them something that they need to understand in order to be a Christian. And what I'm saying is don't just do that for two years and then at the end, oh, yeah, here's the gospel again. No, no. Articulate the gospel throughout. So as they're studying what the Bible is, maybe they're going through that partner's workbook and you're studying what the Bible is about, show them the main theme of the Bible is God's redemption of mankind. His kingdom is here and he has a people who are his subjects who will dwell with him forever. So articulate the gospel throughout. As you're going slowly with them through the Bible, what is the Bible? Who is Jesus? What is sin? What is man? As you're going slowly through those topics, in every meeting you meet with them, try to say, and remember, here's the message I'm calling you to, and then articulate the gospel. So as you're going slowly and teaching them things, you want them to also, as they're learning things, you want them to learn what that salvation message is that they're called to embrace. So evangelism is a marathon. Hang in there. Trust in the Lord's timing. I want to end with this. In Acts chapter 26, Paul is on defense. He, he's got an audience now. He's got Festus before him and King Agrippa. He, he's working his way up the upper echelon of the Roman uh, political culture. So he's now got 
an audience with the king, King Agrippa, and he's been arrested by the Jews, and he's really kind of being tried by Rome. So Rome's trying to figure out, why did these Jews arrest this man, Paul? Is there really something that he did wrong here? So he gives this defense. And he doesn't start talking about the politics of Rome and why why the Roman uh, you know political machine should should treat the Jews differently. These today's concerns aren't his concerns. He, he's giving a defense of why he's doing what he's doing. He's giving uh, eternal truths to this king, and so he addresses King Agrippa. And he doesn't just give a defense. Here's why I should be innocent. But he also goes on to try to get King Agrippa saved. He tries to see him converted, won over by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he articulates, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is why the Jews didn't like this. And verse 24 of Acts 26 says, And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, another Roman leader, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I'm speaking true and rational words. For the king, so the king here, King Agrippa here that I've just been talking to, the king knows about these things. And to him, I speak boldly. So this King Agrippa, he knows what Christianity stands for. He knows what's been happening these last decades in the Roman Empire with Christians all of a sudden being, being, be, be becoming new people, be, be, becoming Christ followers. He knows what's going on. I speak boldly because I'm persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. And then listen to what Paul says. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? So Paul all of a sudden isn't worried about, hey, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be tried here. I shouldn't be, uh, I'm falsely imprisoned. He, he turns into an evangelist before the king. He's no longer arguing his case. He's trying to get the king saved. King Agrippa do you know the prophets? Do you believe the prophets? And then he says this, I know that you believe. He's pressing him here. And Agrippa said to Paul, listen to this, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? Paul, I just got here. We just started talking. And that quickly, are you really going to try to get me to be one of these Christians? Now, if he were saying that to me, I'd be like, yes, absolutely. I want you to repent and believe right now. Look what Paul says. And Paul said, Whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, a Christian, except for these chains. So it's up to God. King Grippa, whether short, whether it's today you bow your knee, or whether it takes a long time, maybe two decades from now you bow your knee, whenever it is, I'm asking God, I would to God, that not only you, but also everyone here might become such as I am, a Christ follower. So Paul had the great, the great perspective. It might be short, might be long, but that's my hope. So I want to encourage you. You might have been talking to a family member for decades now about the gospel. You might have been meeting with someone uh, in your neighborhood, someone you know, for months and months and months. Hang in there. Be prayerful. Keep teaching them. Keep reminding them of the gospel and really lay the timing at the throne of our gracious God. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are-